Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And we made it, folks. We made it to the most important number, episode uh, <laughs> 69. Yeah, and another uh, important number, 420. This will be released on April 20th. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Did you plan it like that? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I yeah. I was feeling really down about this episode, but that made it all all better. No, that's I mean, so um episode 69 on 420 is the reason why I picked the movie that we're reviewing. Um I wanted to do both a stoner comedy and a sex comedy. Um which they're all trash, but I didn't want to find utter trash, you know, the direct video kind of dregs of, of the genre. Uh, so instead, we have, uh, for your entertainment today, Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay from 2008. <laughs> this is the only Harold and Kumar movie I've seen. Really? Um, you didn't see the first one? Never seen the first one. I've never seen the sequel. No, um, I haven't a very seen the Kumar 3D Christmas. <laughs> I haven't seen that either. <laughs> yeah. I thought about um, watching it, but... This is another... God, this must be like number three or four of like... Nick, Nick at night, late at night. Yes. Nick was a fail son living at home, yes. like playing too many video games, drinking too, too much beer, watching Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay in the background. <laughs> like, yeah, this is definitely I, I have, one of like, those movies. F- fever dream memories of this from like 4 a.m. in 2013. I saw this in theaters actually in 2008. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure which is more depressing. <laughs> I think it was like uh, one of those years um, like between college. Well, actually, no, this, yeah, no, this would have been uh, between college years. I would have been at home. Uh, and I think I yeah. saw this, uh, yeah, with friends uh, in my hometown. Yeah. What's, um, what's really weird about this movie is like it, it comes out for, it came out in real, in real life four years after the first one, but it's like a direct sequel. It, it's kind of like The Last Jedi, yep. and like it, it picks mm-hmm. up immediately, immediately after the first one. Um, like hours, if not minutes. I, I think like <laughs> seconds, because yeah. like, you see John Cho, he just opens the door to, to their apartment complex, and he, like, he walks in and goes in the elevator. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a bold, a bold stylistic choice, I must say. It is. Um, now, granted, I don't think really anybody like physically aged. Uh, in those four years anyway so they get yeah no every, everyone looks everyone looks like the younger actors and the older actors look similar yeah um not much change really in terms of the above the line uh crew for this uh except the directors so john Hurwitz and hayden schlossberg were previously just the writers um, but uh, they became the directors for this one. And then they went on to direct for YouTube Premium, uh, Cobra Kai. Fucking kill which me. Which is Jeez. the uh, Karate Kid uh, TV show that no one watches on YouTube Premium. Oh, my God. That I did. I, I was morbidly curious, so I read a little bit about that. Uh, I, I, will, I will give them this. It has, like, an interesting, like, uh, premise. Um Daniel, like the 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 good guy, the good kid, he's yeah, kind Ralph of like, Macchio's character. Ralph Macchio, yeah, he he sells out and like he owns like uh, like a BMW dealership Amazing. and like he licenses Holy his image. He's like, I'm gonna like kick kick these low prices down or like karate shop them down. And um, the 
the star pupil of Cobra Kai from the original, like the douchebag kid, he's like an alcoholic and he's the protagonist of the series. Oh, okay. So like that, that's like an interesting setup, but it, it, I, I, because I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I looked up, um, on YouTube, the scene where Ralph Macchio goes to, uh, Mr. Miyagi's grave and I'm like, I can't, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. <laughs> that is enough right there. Just, yep. oh my God. Yep. That's incredible. Enough said. Listeners, look it up if you want yeah. some like some cringe. I'll, I'll use the word cringe. Yeah, yeah. Herwitz and Schlossberg, you guys posted cringe. Um, that's you for guys, sure. You guys filmed cringe. You filmed cringe uh, with this film as well. Yeah. Um, there's, oh boy. Uh, I, you know, it's it's a weird film. Um, I I don't remember much of the first Harold and Kumar. It's another film that um, I watched with my cousin Andrew uh, on DVD. <laughs> Uh, just me and him. Pro- I felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, very. <laughs> yeah, move over, Celeste. The cat. It's Andrew. Andrew the cousin <laughs> Andrew, is the <laughs> Andrew the the boy the boy man. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is one of those weird sex comedies. Uh, he he had me watch. Uh, where I was like, I I don't want to be in this 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 situation at all. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. That that's a. That's a thing I think every every kind of middle class white guy experienced growing up, like either an older cousin or like an older neighbor. Like, yeah. N- no, nowhere near abuse or anything, Mm-mm. but just like no. showing you sex things that are like you're a little too young for and you shouldn't be seeing yeah. and you feel uncomfortable and you oh, feel yeah. guilty about it after. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. That. Um, I saw the movie The Girl Next Door um that's another it's like right around the same time it's around the same too. time mm-hmm. yeah that one has yeah. timothy oliphant in it yeah, yeah. he's like the, he's like the, the porn por- director the producer porn emperor or yeah. whatever. oh it's like, so good oh he's great in every movie uh, he's in and emile hirsch is uh yes is the, he's the boy next the door fails, the fail son yeah the fail son next door <laughs> We might have to watch this movie. Yeah, <laughs> shit. I think we do. Um, but Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo yeah. Bay. Um, same cast of characters, more or less. Um, we have John Cho as Harold Lee and Cal Penn as Kumar Patel. Um, I believe Danielle Harris as Vanessa Fanning is in the first one as well. Mm. Uh, I can't remember. And then, um, you know, people like uh, David Crumholtz. Uh, he he's returning, and of course uh, Neil Patrick Harris as himself in in both films, in all three actually. In the epic, the epic bacon cameo. Yeah, he, he is all epic bacon yes. cameos. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and then we have people like um, Rod, Rob Corddry, uh, Roger Bart, Eric Winter, uh, Paula Garces, who I think she's from the first one as well, because she's the the, the character in, who. Um, Harold falls in love with uh, right, right, yeah, Maria. Yeah. Um, we have Amir Talai, uh, Christopher Maloney, which that was, I didn't recognize him at first. I did not either. Yeah, uh, it was pretty incredible. That's, I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ed Helms and um, yeah. I think someone who I didn't know who he was at the time, but it's just quite no. incredible he's in this movie at all, is James yeah. Adomian. Um, woot woot. Oh my keys. And we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. <laughs> he 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 streaks in like a thunderbolt to like try to save this movie yes. at the end, but 
the Thunderbolt's beautiful, but it doesn't save the movie. No, unfortunately it does not. Uh, nor does the um, uh, pornographic actress Echo Valley as Tits Hemingway. She does not save the <laughs> film either, unfortunately. She shows up. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this movie was a box office smash. Uh, budget of $12 million, um, It made $43.5 million. Um, 52% on tomato meter, 60% audience score, which is about what I expect. Yeah. Um, oh my God. I had to do it to him. <laughs> we had, you had to do it to me. Uh, we're going back to our boys and yes, they're boys. Um, the Catholic news service media review office of the United States conference of Catholic bishops. Once again, uh, the bishops, uh, write. Co-writers and directors John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg's buddy sequel revels in the salaciousness and scatological while glorifying drug use, which is all the more unfortunate since there are some inspired elements in the film. <laughs> Cordry, bungling and utterly insensitive, personifies the potential dangers of the U.S. war on terror. Amazing. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris of Doogie Howser MD fame reprises his role as a gonzo version of himself. And the main character's surreal climactic encounter with President George W. Bush manages to be both satirical and sympathetic. <laughs> but then but then it's back to the frat house antics and all this gets, shall we say, wasted. <laughs> they had a lot of fun writing this one, I'll tell you that. <laughs> a little joke, a little flourish there. The film contains graphic and frequent rear, upper female in full frontal nudity, sexual activity, some aberrant, pervasive, rough, crude, and crass language, including at least 100 uses of the F word, <laughs> seven uses of profanity. I like how they're like, there's a there's a ratio there. Yeah. There's over 100 <laughs> F words and seven uses of profanity. In sexual and graphically scatological humor, drug uses and references, a prostitution theme, and a pornography reference. The USCCB Office for Film and Broadcasting classification is oh, morally offensive. Amazing. I also like a pornography reference. Like yes. I think there's more than one, but I think I know what he's talking yeah. about. They're so ex they're so exact with their quote unquote over one hundred uses of the F word. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's very much if you go to like the parental guidance uh, portion of like IMDb, it, it lists out like every curse word and how many times oh, they're yeah, uttered. Like <laughs> We're totally doing this for uh, for for moral moral offense. We're not we're not watching this because we enjoy it. <laughs> it seems like they do actually. Like it's like yeah. obviously they have to give it the O for morally offensive, but like they seem to actually enjoy this film. <laughs> well, that, that's what I mean. Like they they're trying to like they're the original pro con. They're trying to like <laughs> shit that they, they're against. Yeah, they oh, are, they're God. kindred so, spirits for sure. Uh, yeah, I guess we get better get get into this. Um, so start, starting with the title, um, this movie is baffling because like it's very late Bush era. I almost feel like we're stealing valor from that other podcast, um, Michael and us. Oh yeah, yeah. because sorry, they guys. they went through. <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> they went through all the Michael Moore um, his filmography, but like then they also dipped into Bush era stuff oh i'm sure they did this one then uh yeah i'm if they haven't already i'm I'm assuming they're going to but like i mean in the very name like guantanamo bay it, it's it's like right there it's on it's on the tin um but for that they spend 
two minutes eight minutes oh if that, two, if that it, yeah it, it's it's like an snl skit in guantanamo bay yep Yep. which is which, which is wild um yeah and it, it kind of um it, it calls to mind um kind of like abu Ghraib prisoner um abuses as well um there's a lot of like sexual there i mean it's just like overt like guards sexually abusing prisoners um all played yeah, for they, laughs of course yeah they it, it's like beyond criticism just because it's so predictable like yeah of course they make prison rape jokes oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. Oh no! Is it going to be the the easy prison rape or the rough prison rape? Hope you don't drop a soap. Huh? Yeah. Like, just the their version is called the uh, cock meat sandwich, which um, <laughs> is just a blowjob. Uh. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because that's gross, and and well, you only only do that if you're gay, and and that's bad. Yeah. Um, and prisoners deserve it anyway. Well, uh, terrorists yeah, anyway, deserve it. That's th- yeah, they yeah, do yeah, make terrorists. that distinction that like the terrorists in there, the, the Arabs are bad, <laughs> like really bad because they kill innocent people and they deserve to be there. Oh my god, I, I know we're jumping around a bit already, but like what's what's wild about like the racial politics of this movie is um, it's it's like they'll they'll point out and and this ties into like the the war on terror stuff too. Like when they try to go to the airport, like. Kumar's like, are you are you racially profiling? Yeah, like, I could sue you. Blah, blah blah. So like they'll they'll allude to these things and they're conscious of them, and they're conscious of like the war on terror and stuff. But like, it's okay as long it's very lib. Like as long as you point it out and snark about it, that makes it good. Well, and then you know, as I said, once you actually get to Guantanamo Bay, uh, it's it's also everything is fine because there are there are the real bad guys, right? Like there are. The real terrorists who deserve yep. what they get, no matter what. Um, the 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 racial and sexual politics of this film, we should say, uh, <laughs> insane, insane. <laughs> also, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this now. I want to see if John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg are white. I'm, I'm assuming they are. Yes, I I'm pretty sure they're white. Yeah, I mean they made Cobra Kai. So. <laughs> yeah, they're two white guys. Um, so that puts an interesting spin on the psychosexual racial aspect <laughs> aspect going on here yeah like like because that's kind of front and center right like i guess to get to the plot um john cho and cal Penn, like they they're i don't even like they're just going on vacation they're just going to amsterdam um amsterdam yeah smoke weed bro <laughs> well also because Harold, uh, the girl that he likes, Maria, she's a model and she's going to Amsterdam for like a photo shoot. So they're kind of following her and they even say like, are we stalking her? No, it's not that blah, 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 or something like that. To to that effect. And and there's the insecurity angle because Kumar constantly makes fun of Harold for like, he's like, yeah, she's like banging some hot European dude right right now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Harold is, uh, so for those of you who don't know much about the series, um, Harold is more uptight straight man, and, and Kumar right. is is kind of, you know, the rascal type. Um, right. They both smoke weed, though. Um, they both come from, like, uh, upper middle class families. Um, you know, Harold is going to be, I think he, he's mentioned he's going to be a banker, and then Kumar's in med school. Yeah, Kumar's in med school. Harold has some vaguely defined, like, career laid out in front of yeah. them business major uh, i don't know no idea yeah um i will say just to get into our leads um 
Cal Penn is super fucking annoying. Um, oh my god, that, extend, yep. that extends to his real life escapades. <laughs> yep. Um. So I I was a huge fan of House, the show the show House MD yeah. when it was on. Um. He was Cal Penn played one of House's like proteges in like the second phase of the show. Um. But then all of a sudden he when Obama got elected, which is very timely for this movie. Um, Cal Penn became the associate director in the White House Office of Public Engagement, and he was a co-chair on Obama's re-election campaign. Amazing. Um, and so House, they killed off his show. They 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 made the character commit suicide. Amazing. <laughs> like, uh, just fucking amazing. And I remember in the last the last episode that his character was in, we don't see his face. We just see like legs sticking out of a doorway. Holy (laughs) shit. That's incredible. I stopped watching a little bit before that. So I don't, I don't even think I got Cal Penn's character. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember his character being in any of the seasons I watched of house. Um, But I remember when this was happening and I I remember thinking it was, it was pretty insane um, for the guy from Alden Kumar to be in the White House. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Um John Cho, on the other hand, I think he I think he's a good actor. He just like he he was still like figuring out his his craft, I guess, in, in this era. But what I am excited about in John Cho, for, about John Cho's career, and we talked about this in another episode. I think our evolution think episode. Because he's in that yeah, movie as well. <laughs> Yeah, but he he's like barely. In oh it. yeah, he's just a college um, student in the background. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's gonna be Spike Spiegel um, in the live action Cowboy Bebop, which I can see, and I can see more now that I've like seen him do more stuff. Even if it's like even if it's like this trash, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean he do, he totally has like a budding career. Um, he's he's gone out of these kind of roles. Um, he was in an independent film a few years ago called Columbus. Um, not about the uh, explorer. Um, it's I just some indie <laughs> romance film. Jesus. Um, okay. And um, people liked it. Uh, released by Oscilloscope uh, uh, Laboratories. Uh, they're a big indie publisher. Um, so yeah, he's he's trying to go more mainstream and more you know respectable. You could say. And, and I don't find sex sex and stoner comedies inherently not respectable or like inherently trashy it's just like it's it's this kind of shit that's inherently trashy. yeah i mean this is the kind of film that gives like stoner and sex comedies a bad name yeah um yeah this one has like it's that foray into politics like that utterly blithe just completely airheaded and just like whatever man like we're all we're all just americans trying to get along which a certain character says later on that uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get into <laughs> like that, 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 that just elevates it from like annoying to enraging. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, not to harp on the Gitmo scene, which, you know, it really should be uh, the bulk of this film, unfortunately is not, but I mean, once, well, I guess really quick before we get into that, we can just say when they get on the plane, someone thinks that Kumar's bong is a bomb and they repeat it's a bong, not a bomb 10 million times. (laughs) Yeah. And then that, that's what lands them in in Gitmo. So they're in Gitmo and then, um, the actual escape from Gitmo is two seconds. 
Um, and then, you know, wh- where the film loses me again, not to harp on this specific moment is when, uh, Harold and Kumar are in one cell and there are these two very stereotypical terrorists, you know, bearded Arab men oh in another cell who are trying to t- like it. It's like an unironic, uh, Ellie Valley cartoon. Oh yeah. Oh, very much, very much so. Um, and they're just kind of telling them this is how it goes in this prison. Like you're going to have to take a cock meat sandwich and they're like, fuck you, you fucking terrorist. You're the reason we're in here. Like mm-hmm. you, you're fucking cowards. You're the reason we're in here. Yeah, that was insane. Um, I, it, so it, that's the politics of this movie. I mean, and we get that within the first 10 minutes of it, I guess. Um, yeah. And even in the airport before that, there's like the reference that Kumar makes to like, oh, your your racial profiling me, like this this security theater, it's not actually making people safer. It's just like it, you're you're just trying to like oppress our civil rights or whatever. So it's like this very, I guess, like college stoner like awareness of the of the then contemporary news. But it's like, oh, okay, we're well. I I use that knowledge to sneak my bong onto the airplane. Right. Um, which, you know, I mean, I guess that'd be somewhat accurate as you were saying earlier, like that, that's, that, that's kind of liberalism, right? It's like, you know, it doesn't really apply to me. Um, I can use this knowledge to get myself, uh, you know, ahead. Um, but you know, it's, that's giving this film too much credit there. I mean, it's, this is, (laughs) it's not smart enough to understand the nuances. Um, no, no. Oh God, what happens? They, they kind of do like a Scarface. They they find like a refugee boat family and they get a ride yep. back to Florida. Mm-hmm. Yep, they find some Cubans and they tell um, the the patriarch uh, figure to uh, find out about TiVo when he gets to America. Yeah, that 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 reference aged very well. Yeah, really well. Uh, <laughs> yep, everybody's using that TiVo. <laughs> Uh, intercut with all this stuff like while they're making their journey through the south because they they go on like this great southern road trip or whatever um the rob cordry character who's like the cia homeland security specifically yeah 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 yeah, homeland security because because that was like the the government agency of of the era i guess because all Um, the other agencies the other intelligence agencies they're all representative like represented by like dorks you know there's like a Right. Um, Roger Bart yeah. plays Dr. John Beecher and he's like a I think he's either CIA or NSA and he's like NSA the probably. dork character. Damn, this this shit is wild cuz like that unwittingly kind of predicted the way the Obama administration ended up going. Like like the Rob Corddry the the Homeland Security guy, he's like this big blustering buffoon and they point that out and they make fun of him. But then it's like the the kind of the 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 virgin character like the the yep. nebbish nerd is the one that like he he's the one that's like really the one to watch out for right yeah it's true no it's true um the the NSA character um yeah he has a it's a surprise moment later in the film yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah but in real life yes I mean the NSA is um who you know several years after this film uh we were all talking about whereas uh you know in 2008 really very few people um were aware of what the nsa was oh yeah no nobody knows how much it was but by the time a very heralding kumar 3d christmas came out in 2011 everybody knew what the nsa was 
Yeah, and we have um, Kumar Patel writing speeches for Obama saying that Snowden is a terrorist. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I don't know. I don't know if that no actually happened. That's true, but I I'm mean, just, yeah. the, the office he represented was kind of like a, a public relations office, so it's it's possible. I mean, I'm sure he's he looked over a few speeches. Like, yeah. That must have happened. It's just crazy that he was hired at all. I mean, it's uh, utterly wild. baffling. Still, does not make sense to me. Nor the fact that he was it, the, the it, co-chair of Obama's re-election campaign. <laughs> yeah, but like, what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> Who knows? What is the fucking co-chair? He did at nothing. This, at, I imagine. Yeah, and it's especially for Obama's re-election against fucking Mitt Romney. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I will say, I voted for Jill Stein in that election. <laughs> I did indeed. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I was in Massachusetts and I voted for Jill Stein. I was in New York. 2012, it was yeah, fine. It, Get it, off my back, fucking you fucking libs. In, in 2012 <laughs> when I was in New York. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, oh, yeah. So the, there's a road trip from uh, Florida, from Miami to uh, Texas. And I guess this is something important that we should point out. Um, while they're in the airport, um, they meet up with uh, Kumar's oh, ex-girlfriend, Vanessa. I, fucking hate this whole part of the it's, movie it's I hate ridiculous it so it's so terrible i hate it i hate it um so she is getting married to another one of their college buddies named colton graham um <laughs> and uh, that's you know kumar's super pissed off about it harold wish is wishing them well he, he liked uh, the colton guy i assume they maybe were in right. the same program or whatever university they went to um and i i will say that's the only bit of like friction between the two characters that we get yeah. between kumar and harold mm-hmm. um like harold obviously is like very career-minded and so he likes this douchebag who's well connected in like this texas good old boy and kumar hates him for because he sees him for what he is right mm-hmm. yeah and, and throughout i mean the, the other uh, points of friction are really just um harold is the more rational one uh kumar kind of just bumbles through every situation um, which of, of course leads to all of the actual plot tension as well. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like if Kumar didn't fuck something up, there would be almost no movie. They would just drive directly from like Miami to Texas and that would be the movie. They would be fine. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it's mentioned like casually that Colton Graham's father is like the, the director of like something was it the director of homeland security or the secretary of state like what the fuck was did he say it, it's some ridiculously high yeah, position in the like, cabinet of george bush yeah specifically the, the the george w bush administration um i i don't i couldn't for the life of, life of me tell you i really don't give a shit yeah it doesn't <laughs> i think it's it state i think it's secretary of state his father colton yeah. graham's father is the secretary of state in the fictional bush uh, cabinet no that he was god who was george bush's secretary? well was no that, it's not the real this is definitely not the person i mean this is definitely fictional but i don't know no but like was that Condoleezza rice or who who was the secretary of state i have no idea colin powell i have no idea no colin powell was the secretary of okay, defense i have no idea i am invested in looking this up because i think it, it's someone crazy it, it might be like Condoleezza oh, it has rice. to be 2008 so right um Um, but yeah, so that's casually mentioned in, in the airport scene. Um, so once, Oh, it was, it was Colin Powell. It was Colin Powell. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so uh, instead of in this alternate universe, Colin Powell is not the Secretary of State; <laughs> it's this Colton Graham guy's <laughs> dad. Um, so the um, the idea is to get from Miami to Texas for this wedding to talk to oh, Colton oh Graham, okay. so his okay. dad sorry. will uh, exonerate these two. So sorry, Condoleezza Rice was the Secretary of State. Also, um, was that two, in two thousand eight? In two thousand eight. Ah, okay folks so yeah um <laughs> this 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 character this this white texas douchebag father is kind of loser yes yeah what a reimagining yeah um and yeah also intercut like as, as they drive through the south um the, the rob Corddry home and home and security douchebag he interviews he, he questions their parents um he questions their their jewish friends and we get some charming anti-semitism oh, yeah. when mm-hmm. he's, he tempts them with gold uh, coins it's pennies i think it's pennies actually <laughs> it, it, sure yeah it's, it's worse it's <laughs> yeah it, it's worse um oh god he 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 pulls out a copy of the constitution and he he wipes uh he uses the first page yeah. and he wipes his he wipes his bum yeah specifically it. the bill of rights he takes the bill of yeah it's because uh david crumholt's character goldstein says something about like pleading the fifth goldstein Jesus. yeah goldstein his name is also goldstein the um, 1984 name for the jewish caricature in that book <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> he's great though in this movie uh he has a shirt i think he's wearing the shirt in this scene that says i heart smegma <laughs> Um, and he earlier in this film, they call him and they're like, you have to help us. What can we do in Miami? Who do we know in Miami? Um, and he, he tells them about having sex with a girl and, or, or having a sexual encounter with a girl where uh, she did a blumpkin on him, which is when (laughs) he's taking a shit and she's going down on him, which, uh, that's the only thing I remember about this film actually. Like. When I saw it in theaters in 2008, I was like, oh, there's oh that weird like sex thing that's probably not real uh, that they made up for this movie. I am laughing harder at your re- flawed recollection of this than I than I did at any point in the movie. <laughs> oh, my God. David Krumholtz. He was also um, he was also in the Santa Claus. Yep. Movies. Bernard the elf. He, he's like the, the cool yep. elf. The head elf. Bernard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The head elf who gets blumpkins. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Claus. Uh, anyway, anyway. Um, uh, they they go to Alabama. They they meet rednecks. Yep. Um, they meet a cyclops, an inbred child uh, yeah, who is a cyclops named Cyrus. Yeah. I I, I can't even describe it. Like, <laughs> there, there's like a redneck couple, and they're like, "Oh, we seem like rednecks on the outside." But the inside of our house is like super posh, yeah. and we have a library, yep. and like there's a fireplace. Very modernist looking. Yep. Yeah, but then they go in. They go in the basement, and they meet <laughs> Cyrus the Cyclops child. Yeah, because they joke about it at first. They're like, "Oh, you think we're rednecks who like fuck each other, incest?" Like, and we no, we hit our we hit our incest son in the basement, and then it's like we were. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we do. We like it, yeah. but we're responsible about it. <laughs> and that's what this film does constantly. Like it, it tries to subvert your expectations but then uh it actually plays into that expectation like right away uh, and it does it in that annoyingly like wink wink we know we're doing this way. right mm-hmm. yeah um, um there's there's the scene uh when they're in alabama where they're kind of like in the ghetto 
um and uh perfect example there's yes. uh, there's um these these guys playing basketball and Harold, Harold, I think, is like, oh, we shouldn't drive past them. They're they're playing basketball, man. And Kumar's like, whoa, you're you're just being a racist. Um, and so Harold starts backing up, and he hits a fire hydrant, um, and he can't move the car anymore. And right, th- this is what makes them ditch the car and walk th- through Alabama, and, th- and that's how they find the rednecks. Yeah, right. So yeah. they they got this car from their friend uh, in Miami. Um, and they got uh, nice clothes too. They look ridiculous, um, but like in the best like 2008 way too. Like they have some incredible yes. like 2008 fits throughout this whole movie. Um, yes, just like very garish colors and patterns that don't match at all. Um, in like a they're in like a Mustang, like a a, a yellow Mustang, and they even say like it's yep. ridiculous. We're fugitives from the law. And we're in a yellow Mustang, um, but they have to dish it here. Uh, because they think that the African Americans playing basketball are gonna like beat them up. They like start picking like tire irons up and stuff. Um, <laughs> so how did Kumar run? But they're like, "Hey, wait, man, we're just gonna help you change the tire." Yeah, um, yeah. And then later on, when Rob Corddry comes to question them because he's hot on the trail, um, he he's like acting dismissively toward towards the gang leader, I guess. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, I'm a I'm an orthodontist." Yeah, yeah. He and and Ram Cordry has like grape soda that he's like pouring out, and he's like, "You're gonna answer the questions, or else I'll pour pour out all this soda." And the film also, yes. this is must be something that like uh, Hurwitz and, and Schlossberg do, but they have like um, characters off screen like yell something, and this happens like throughout yeah. the movie. And there's like a character who yells yeah. like, "Oh man, that's fucked up. That's fucked up." That. Yeah, it's it's almost like a like a call and response yeah. thing from like the audience. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. Yeah, my favorite one comes in this scene as well, actually. So when Homeland Security pulls up in like their Escalades or whatever ridiculous SUVs they have, um, Rob Corddry looks at an older black man like drinking a forty on his front porch, and he's like, "Hey, you like this ride?" And then like the the older black man like nods his head, but then as the camera cuts away from, him, he says, "Hey, fuck you, man." <laughs> <laughs> The only sympathetic, the most sympathetic character in the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like the best, it's just like the best version of that. Um, these yeah. these weird like call and responses. Then we get to the most epic bacon scene of all time because super cool um, 2008 Reddit internet meme bro charming asshole on that show that i hated from the beginning how i met your mother i never liked it i always thought it was trash so fuck you all my friends who liked i never it. watched it actually um, i've seen like one or two episodes and i was just like oh i guess this is the thing people like it's friends from yeah it's really exactly um, it's like we needed something to fill the void so yeah um but yeah neil patrick harris himself shows up um just randomly and while harold and kumar are running away they jump in the car and Sure, why not? Yeah, I think this is directly um, after the rednecks. So it goes basketball yes. scene, rednecks, and then Neil Patrick yep. Harris, I believe. Yeah, and he's like, hey, man, and I'm like, I'm on shrooms, and I'm going wild, and you guys need some weed. Just like, yeah. I don't I don't know if these guys have ever done drugs. <laughs> like the- Probably not. <laughs> no, I really don't think they do. Like, it was in Schlossberg, like, it's so much like 
I don't know, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air interpretation of, of what smoking weed's like. Yeah. No, I, I honestly think they're they're like straight edge. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe this like whole movie is a psyop. I really don't know. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, it's... Um, it's ridiculous and the neil patrick harris cameo it just it's no better than the first one uh apparently he's in the third one as well although he dies in this one so um, well there's a post-credit sequence oh is there i didn't i didn't watch it oh no yeah he i mean he he, he he's revealed to be alive amazing wow that's great yep. they just did that so they could make the third one that's that's amazing they did this to directly compete with iron man one <laughs> which was the same year <laughs> the same that's right <laughs> that's right um but yeah they they're like you know, patrick harris is like yeah man i'll help you i'll drive you to texas let's let's do this he's like but first i'm gonna like fuck a prostitute yeah mm-hmm. he goes to um you know kind of uh a, well a, a brothel very much like you know the best little whorehouse in texas or whatever right um right. and um he's he's like a regular customer there he's his, yeah that that that's the joke you see like he he's he was very publicly gay at, at this point in time, but right. in this movie, he's a, he's a whoremonger. Yeah. It, very much like his character, Barney, on How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Uh, really just playing up to that character more than, like, any, you know, realistic version of Neil Patrick Harris, of course. Um, and, uh, yeah, they call him a Longhorn or Bighorn. I think Longhorn is, is what they call him. They're like, hey, our, our number one customer, Longhorn, is here. God and uh, so he he um, he goes with uh, Tits Hemingway, actually a woman with um, gigantic right. breast implants. Um, <laughs> and then this was maybe the only thing I thought was like not not so much funny, but like I don't know, it was something. It was some maybe more made the characters more endearing. Harold and Kumar, that is, um, like Kumar goes with like two prostitutes, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna have sex with right. them. And then Harold, you see Harold like in like. A, a waiting area with all the girls around him, all these sex workers around him, and they're kind of doing like a therapy session where he's like, Kumar doesn't care about me. He's over there. He's just fucking these girls. He doesn't think about me at all. And then we see Kumar is with the, the other two sex workers, and he's doing the same thing. He's like, I've been so mean to Harold. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah, if that that actually gave them some some pathos and like and like um, I I think inherent to the idea of like a sex comedy. And a stoner comedy, but more so a sex comedy is like um, self-deprecation, right? Like that—that's what makes sex humor funny. It's like everyone thinks they're hot, and everyone thinks they're attractive, and everyone thinks like they're—they're they're good at sex or whatever. But the—the the humor comes from just viciously undercutting that, or or sympathetically undercutting that. Mm-hmm. And I think this film does that well because it's pretty obvious these two were schlubs. Yeah. Um, they even make a point to show like how much of a fucking loser Kumar was before, you know, the events of this film His when Paul. we see him in college, um, which yes. is one of my favorite scenes in this but, movie. <laughs> but at the same time, like they, they are vindicated, right? Like, yeah, because they both get the girls, right? They do. Mm. Yeah. But you know, that's also inherent, I think in this hex comedy, right? It's like, yeah um, maybe I, yeah. because of your schlubbiness and because that's maybe you're you're down to earth you know uh you you get the girl uh your flaws are what you know actually gets you the girl yeah I, that that's true i guess it's just, it was just i'm annoyed at like how thin um 
Vanessa and even more so Maria are. Oh my God. Like, like, Maria's not a character. <laughs> neither is Vanessa. Vanessa's no, barely honestly, like, she's not. A... <laughs> yeah, but like, like Vanessa, I guess, has like some substance. Like she likes to get high. Yes. <laughs> like that's, her, yeah. that's your character trait. Mm-hmm. She likes to get high and she and Kumar, when they were dating, like they, they're like, yeah, we, we read bad poetry to each other. And like, we're, we're, we're against the conformist bullshit of the world but um but she's getting married to Condoleezza Rice's son or whatever yeah inexplicably I mean I Mm. I don't remember anything about her character from the first film I don't know if Colton Graham's character is in the first film either I don't know Um, I can't tell you but yeah just very inexplicable just um you know we just see them in the airport and it's like these two are getting married um that's it and then everything we learn about Vanessa throughout the rest of this movie it's like why why is this happening i mean not even a throwaway line like i just want to be like you know financially secure like nothing like that it's just i mean that's i'm just that's just my that's my kind of inference really yeah i mean i i think that's plain to like college and high school dudes like sentiments of the time she wants to be with like fake superficial guys for the wrong reasons not like right not like you so th- this is just like directly pandering to the target audience. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it doesn't even have to like do that work narratively. It's like a, it's just, it is psychological, right? It's just like, yeah. it's like beaming it into our brains. It's like this psychic link. Um, that, uh, and that I think is why it probably did work for a lot of people who saw this movie. They're just like, yeah, of yeah. course, of course you would do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh god. Um so next they get kicked out of the brothel because Neil Patrick Harris is too rough or doesn't want to pay or some uh, shit. He brands the girl. He has a brand. Mm, yeah. Uh, Hence the Longhorn. Yes. Uh and it's and it's his initials NPH, which at the time that's what everybody referred to him as NPH. Yep. yep. Very very um, meme meme worthy. Yeah. And uh then they they run to the car, another his car. Um and uh, he doesn't make it because the brothel uh, owner, she shoots him twice with a, a shotgun mm-hmm. <laughs> and ostensibly kills him. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, she shoots out the back, the rear passenger window. And I'll tell you why I noticed that because in the next scene, when they're driving down the highway, um, that window is, they actually either broke it or it's lowered in the car that they're driving. So that was a nice bit of continuity that I hyper-focused on. Amazing. Well, yeah. you know, she shouldn't have been able to, though, because it was a double-barrel shotgun. And you can only put one shell at a time. Unless there's some kind of double-barrel shotgun where you can put multiple shells uh, besides the usual two. Or I mean, she, she shouldn't have been reloaded. able to. I, I do, but they didn't show her reload. And it was like happen. rapid succession, though. I mean, it's possible. But continuity uh, editing would say that they'd probably show her reload. I mean, I would ascribe that more to the shitty editing than the lack of continuity. It's possible. Sure. Um, but it really should have been those two shots. And one of those shots also hit out the window right. as opposed to a third shot. But right. Yeah. I, but, I quibble I mean, here. I quibble. <laughs> we, we, we have officially thought of the scene more than anyone in existence has. <laughs> That's true. It's 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 charming to know that we're, we're trailblazers in some way for like in, in one aspect of reality. Well, you know, when the stars align, uh, you know, 69th episode of, on 420. I mean, on we four, have yeah, to put uh, you know uh, as much uh, critical uh, analysis into this film as possible. So yeah. Um, did we miss the KKK scene, or has that just not happened yet? I think it comes up now. Actually, is it now? They, uh, here we go. 
for some reason or another, they get waylaid and they run to the KKK. And of course, they steal the KKK robes from two two of them who are peeing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They knock them and, out somehow. And they infiltrate the the meeting for some reason. I don't like. Yeah. Like, why were they doing that other I, than to set up? Why wouldn't they just run away? Yeah. Is the answer. I mean, that's. Why would you just run away? <laughs> yeah, they they just do this to set up this like awful joke about like they they're all sitting around all all the all the clan members are sitting around in a circle around a fire, and the leader the leader's like, everyone tell me something tell me something racist you did this week. Yeah, and this is Christopher Maloney. Yeah, yeah, uh, he plays the, the Grand Wizard. Um, and because Harold and Kumar are pissed at each other, they're like, Harold's like. I found uh, an, an Indian and I like peed in his cornflakes or whatever. Yeah. And then Kumar's like, well, I found, I found an Asian guy and I, I, I slapped his butt or I, I forget. Punch him in the like dick. The, maybe I can't remember either what he says. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like th- this entire scene just exists to like make that joke of like, Oh, we're, we're going to, again, it's, it's like that. Like we know that this, meta racist bullshit stuff is is bad but like we're we're gonna we're gonna massage it and we're going to like like meta comment on it and so like oh we're we're, we're being clever right mm-hmm. yeah no i mean it's kind of like the the thesis of this film right mm-hmm. um yeah. it's just like this 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 meta meta racism is really like that should be the the subtitle of this film that um, might be that might be the we might allude to that in the, the title for this episode. <laughs> meta-racism. Meta-racism. <laughs> Bush, Bush era meta-racism or something. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll figure it we'll, out, we'll, folks. The creative process, folks. Are, are, <laughs> Peek behind um, the curtain. I had a long day. Uh, <laughs> uh, so after the KKK bullshit, um, they get to Texas. They, they get to Colton's compound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they do the, the the only bit of attempted sincerity in this movie is between Harold or between Kumar and uh, Vanessa. Har- Harold says to Kumar, "Look, I'm gonna go talk to my buddy Colton, and like, you've already fucked it up, fucked us up so much. Like, don't leave this car. Like, promise me you won't leave the car, and I'll go in and sort everything out, and he can help us." And Kumar's like, "Fine, I promise. I promise. I promise." But then he looks over and he sees Vanessa because she's there to get married. And she like trips and, and like twists her ankle. Yeah, her um her shoe like just it she doesn't find her footing on like a gravel path or a stone path and she she falls and kinda like sprains her ankle. It's the definition of contrived, but um he's like, Oh, I'm I'm gonna go and then he's like, Wait, I promised. No, I'm g I, I love this woman. I'm gonna help her. So he gets out of the car, thus breaking his, his sacred promise to to Harold that he made like two minutes ago <laughs> and then he massages her her ankle and he he spouts some like medical school bullshit and she's like oh it's so good to see you like oh we got high ah. the the most th- this scene really pissed me. this is one of the most like rage inducing scenes the medical jargon is so hilarious too because it's like it's just kind of trying to remind you that that's what yes. he like yep. that's his his degree or you know what he's going for uh just like for no reason right i mean because it doesn't fucking matter there's no bearing on the plot at all um he could have been a lawyer he could have been like a 
an account did. He could have been like any white collar professional student. Yeah, or none of them. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't even matter if he's a student. Like it's yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like uh, ostensibly from from the script, like the the idea is he and Harold are from well-to-do families, but they just want to get high all day. Right. Right. So, but, yeah, that's but the only even, bearing on the plot. Even that doesn't come through for any part of this movie. No. I mean, and, and like you said, they, they it sort of try it when Rob Corddry's character is interviewing or interrogating uh, the, both families. Yep. Um, you know, and it's pretty obvious that both families, like, you know, they, they have some kind of social standing. They, they dress nice, and yeah, I think one of them's a doctor, or both of them are doctors that they're talking to, the fathers at least. They te- they tap into that like respectable minority. Yeah. Oh angle yeah. Oh yeah. Because Big time um, with this movie. <laughs> yeah, because especially with Harold's family, they're like they're Koreans, like they're from Kim Jong Un or Kim Jong Il, because he was still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, they do say that they're and, from North Korea, <laughs> and they're, and they're like, no, we're from South Korea. Like we're 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 like we've been American citizens for forty years. We pay our taxes. Yeah. It's like okay, so. Mm-hmm. That's why you shouldn't be locked up. I'm sorry. Like you're not you're not one of the dirty minorities. Yeah. No. I mean, I think this is kind of um, what this what this film falls back on a lot of the time is is kind of the the um, the narrative of 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 those you know the model minority basically. Yeah. I mean, you, there's no reason for these characters to be you know, um, a med student and uh, some kind of business major, right? Like it's doesn't really have any bearing on the plot besides giving some credence to the model minority myth. Also, speaking of models, John Cho is 47. Jesus Christ. Wow. He looks good as hell for 47, yeah. dude. Like, Damn. Jesus so he would have been somewhere in his 30s when this film was yeah wow yeah jeez yeah he 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 is 20 years older than spike wow you would know that yeah mm. well i mean the whole, thematically like spike lives when he's the series is when he's 27 cuz it has like that rock and roll kind of classic the the 27 curse tie in to the character oh okay mm. yeah cool I'm not a weeb, folks, so <laughs> I don't know these things. Yeah, I'm um, I'm representing the 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 anime avatar contingent here, <laughs> the the non Nazi anime avatar contingent. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but they get fucked over by their friend Colton. Um, yeah, obviously. Yeah, of course. Uh, Colton's like, yeah, I'll help you guys out, and he takes him to his private uh, hangar where he has all his jets and things and. He had called Homeland Security, so Rob Corddry picks them up, and they're gonna like you know rendition them back to Guantanamo. Um, so they're in you know a, a cargo plane um, with uh, Rob Corddry, uh, Doctor Beecher, who I think is the NSA guy, yeah, and then the, like the just two spooks, you know, two other yeah. CIA and you know, Homeland Security goons. Um, and yeah, they're like you're you're going back to Gitmo, which is like the only other reference we get, and 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 the the title of this movie is like they they just reference it here briefly. Yeah, um, and I thought like I was like, oh, maybe they do go back to Gitmo, and like maybe there's more of an escape thing. No, they don't. Nope. Is the answer? Uh- <laughs> they they should they, they should have called this like Harold and Kumar like 
I don't know, like like the Redneck Comedy Tour was big at this time. They could have named it like oh, Harold yeah. and Kumar's like Redneck Comedy Hour or something. That'd or, been good. I don't know. That'd have been much better than Escape from Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Um, Even something like Harold and Kumar go go across the South or something like. I mean, better yeah. punchier than that, but like that that would be more relevant to what the hell goes on. <laughs> Harold and Kumar Song of the South. Song. <laughs> <laughs> That joke alone was funnier this entire fucking movie. <laughs> it's pretty true, though. Talk about so- songs, though. Like, this is the most 2008 soundtrack as well. Yeah. Like, yep. um, the only song it doesn't have is, like, that Because I Got High song. And probably because that song's in the first movie. <laughs> yeah, that song's in the... Okay, well, I'll, I'll take your word for it, but... Um, I'm just sure it is. I, there's yeah. just, like, no. there's no doubt in my mind. That's why it's not in this movie. <laughs> Well, if if it wasn't in the first one and it wasn't in this one, it's because that song is too good for this one. <laughs> it's true. Although I do like the the song that ends this movie. It's like the like uh, it's, it's something like the weed gospel or something like that. Is mm, yeah, name. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, <laughs> yeah, that was. A... Anyway, they escape from the plane because yeah. the nebbish NSA, not Edward Snowden character had been taking too much of Rob Corddry's abuse. Very out of character. He's like, we nerds are shit on by you, you jocks. Yes. We're, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to strike back the revenge of the nerds or something. And yep. like he, he gets blown out of the, the airlock. just like unceremoniously. Yeah. Um, and previously, uh, Harold and Kumar are sitting between these two, like Homeland security goons and they mentioned like weed and one of the guys is like you got weed and he's like yeah i do have weed and so harold goes into his pants to get weed but he actually takes out uh, a can of mace uh, because uh, neil patrick harris uh, had mace oh, earlier yeah. in his yeah. car so we we see um rob cordry's character sitting in a seat closer to the cockpit and he's listening to music he's listening to um the final countdown or what is he no danger it's... zone highway to the danger zone yeah he's some... listening to <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my fucking god! Like, like one of those songs they would reference in like, like one of those um, like ooh the 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 making the meme the rage comic meme for yes. my friends on the Reddit epic site yeah like yeah no it's incredible um it's just it it's really it's it fits the spirit of this movie very yeah. much um so he can't hear them we see them in the background and they're they're you know fumbling with each other and they they knock the two guys out harold starts putting um a parachute on and then uh rob Corger turns around then the nerd did, does his little speech you know gets sucked out of the airplane harold and kumar jump um and then rob Corger also jumps after them but he doesn't have a parachute on and he's mm. just like shooting at them this is the second thing I remember from this movie, actually. I was like, isn't there a scene where they jump out of a plane and one guy starts shooting at them? And yes, yep. that, that does happen. Um, and he just dies. He's dead. Um, they they do, uh, you know, they engage the parachute and um, they parachute into a house, uh, into a, um, a nice den uh, where there's, uh, you know, some pictures on the mantel place. Um, some some taxidermy adorning the walls, um, and one of those pictures that they see on the mantel place is of uh, George Bush and his wife Laura Bush. <laughs> yep, our our forty third president. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, w himself. Uh, there's also a a Buck Hunt uh, arcade cabinet in the corner. Um, well, that's when they go into his special oh, right, right, room. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's when they go yeah. to the guest, uh, like but the, then, the pool house or whatever. <laughs> James Domian, as George W. Bush shows up, uh, he's like, ooh, I hear Cheney. Let's, let's, let's go yeah, to the pool house. Like, that guy scares me. <laughs> that guy scares me. <laughs> At this point, I, I was I was just so gone. I was like, "Fuck it, this is funny." Um, they go to the bush compound uh, pool house and they hide in there. And there's that's where the buck hunt yeah machine is. Mm-hmm. And um, they're just chilling. They're eating. They're eating pretzels. Fortunately, they don't choke on any. Huh? <laughs> um, they, and they smoke reefer with the president. Yeah, he's like, "This is the finest Alabama Kush." <laughs> Yeah, hey, 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 guys, Harold and Kumar, this is the Fire Alabama Kush. Have some, my, my new buds. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean it's good. He, he, I had no idea. I would have had no idea that it's him. Yeah, no, I mean they really make him up. Um, he looks, he looks like George W. Bush. Uh, yep. probably better than uh, Brolin did. Uh, for the film W. Oh uh, my god, god <laughs> that's what that we might have to movie. do. I don't know. Is that Oliver Stone? That's Oliver Stone. Yeah. Oh my. Poorly received. I think, we, I think we have to do that. That was a poorly received movie. That's definitely hell yeah a, a pro con possibility. Uh, hell yeah. Did you ever see what about that uh that Cheney movie that Christian Bale? Oh no, I didn't see that one. No, gained like a yeah. hundred pounds for it, like mm, he usually does. Like two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it. No. Whatever. Um, but people like that anyway. one, unfortunately. So. <laughs> Uh, what else happened? Oh yeah, they basically this is like the the Deo ex machina. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bit. Mm-hmm. Um, George was like, "Dude, guys, I'm the president. I can do whatever I want. You yeah. guys are clear. You guys yeah. are the clear, he, man." He just exonerates them, and then he helps them to uh, crash the wedding. Yeah, they they crash the wedding. Kumar reads his cringeworthy cut my head off yes poem. square root That's of like, three is what it's called it, it's meant to be like nerdy and, yep. and awkward but also has heart and that's yeah. what makes vanessa leave her husband at the altar for like yep. fancy at the altar for him uh the trivia i read was that uh herwitz and schlossberg uh they paid their friend for that poem because their high school friend wrote that poem for class um, and then they wanted to incorporate it into a movie. They finally had the opportunity to, so they had to like pay him for the rights to this poem. <laughs> that I'm I'm honestly at a loss for words <laughs> for that for what you just told me. I we'll just move on. <laughs> that came up um, on the screen, the trivia on the screen. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, thank you. <laughs> fucking, I I don't. Uh, I can't deal with this right now. Uh, I will just say that they stole the ending, Crash in the Wedding um, joke, or, or, or the, the culmination of Crash in the Wedding from the movie Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Um, because Colton, whatever, he's he's about to punch Kumar because Vanessa's about to leave him. But then Harold jumps in and, and punches Colton because like, oh, my, my best friend, he re- we redeemed our friendship. Like we're we're good now, and I'll I'll prove it by punching out this guy at his at his wedding after his wife just walks away. Um, same thing goes down with Owen Wilson, and Vince Vaughn, and, and Wedding Crashers. I never thought I'd say this, but yeah, Wedding Crashers is is the superior film by far, <laughs> if only for Christopher Walken. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and Medicine Quinn, a woman, Medicine Quinn, what's her name? The lady, what's that? Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. 
whatever the actress uh, from that TV show. I don't yeah, know. Me neither. I can't. Uh, uh, Jane something. I will say, um, what's his face? Um, Bradley Cooper. He's the villain of that movie. Oh yeah. He, He's so amazing. Like I, I've I mentioned this on other podcasts. Like I, I just like love irredeemably douchey characters, <laughs> like <laughs> who just seem to like they, they just like get off on how evil they are. And he is definitely yeah. one. He's like, oh my wife, like you're 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 so fat. You need to go on a diet. Like you need to really look good for a wedding, because or else I'll leave you and I'll go I'll go after other women. <laughs> anyway, who wants to play football? Just like. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. What are these big a, roles? That's right. I, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Such a horrible, irredeemably awful person. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, it's just hilarious. Jane Seymour is the actress. Who oh was yeah, okay, okay. Doctor Quinn, medicine woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and she, she was in Glee, wasn't she? I don't know. I've closed it out of the Wikipedia, so I'm not looking back yep, at it. Nope, but done. <laughs> moving on. Um, but she's like the mother or mother-in-law character in in Wedding Crashers. Yeah. So Harold and Kumar, they get their um they get their George Bush superpower money to go to Amsterdam with Vanessa cuz they they still have to get Harold's woman back. Right. And they mm-hmm. they find her randomly. And then he's like comes up to her and he's like, "Oh, I love you. Don't don't have sex with this European guy." And she's like, "What? Oh, you're so cute and funny. That's not a guy I'm hooking up with. That's my photographer and he's gay yeah that was incredible yeah she's like this guy no he's a model and he's super gay and then him and the photographer like make are making out with each other just in in, in the middle of the photography studio as you do just yeah just, just normally um to, to, to underscore the point that this this facsimile of a of a caricature that schlossberg met one time at a party yep says oh yeah mm-hmm um, so then we get a little montage of them just, you know, having the time of their lives, paying the town red, the town of Amsterdam, um, painting it green. No. Like, if, you, if you get my meaning, Ganja. <laughs> <laughs> um, and th- so this, this Canaan song plays and it's, it's atrocious. I don't even oh, know why God. they played this song, but it's, yep. it's awful. Yep. Um, and then the last shot of the movie is them in a costume shop, which yeah, it, it's and so like two people in costumes come up to Maria and Vanessa and like start like hugging them and like like kissing them or whatever. And Filling then up, yeah. you see Harold and Kumar come around the corner, and then they have to like chase these two other guys away. And that's literally the last shot of the fucking movie. Just underscoring the neurotic sexual pathology of these <laughs> horrible people. <laughs> what a, it, it is uh, ironically fitting, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it is ironically fitting. Um, I wonder if the third movie uh, takes off from that moment onwards. That'd be incredible if from that, that exact that, uh, second uh, is where the third movie starts. <laughs> we're doing it, folks. We're, I'm doing it. I'm fucking doing it right now. I'm looking this up. <laughs> There's no way up right now. There's no way that that cool. <laughs> a very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. Seven years after escaping Guantanamo oh, Bay, yeah. Fuck that bullshit. Boo. <laughs> Boo. It's not even Boo. seven years in real life. That's true. I, I guess like maybe they were aging more visibly than they probably. Thought. And like they, yeah, yeah, at that so point. yeah. Seven years after escaping Guantanamo Bay, and two years after they have last spoken. 
Ooh. Oh, troubled paradise. Best friends and roommates Harold Lee and Kumar Patel have gone their separate ways. Harold has given up smoking cannabis. <gasps> Shocker. <laughs> and has become a successful businessman on Wall Street and married his Latina girlfriend, Maria. Very interesting that they'd like underscore her race there. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. It's, a, it's also a hyperlink if you want to click on what Latina means. <laughs> I do. Kumar, on the other hand, is poor and still lives in the messy apartment he wants to share with Harold. Oh, my God. Harold got kicked out of medical school because he failed a drug test. And or Kumar got kicked out of medical school because he failed a drug test. And he also has been recently dumped again by Vanessa. Damn. But she's pregnant with this child. Okay. What? Holy I'm, I'm, shit. I'm not going to read oh, the I wouldn't synopsis. read on anymore. Let's stop there. Because we have to do this movie in the future. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we might have to. Christmas um, this year, folks. <laughs> no, I have I have better movies lined up for Christmas this year. Don't worry, folks. Oh, my <laughs> I promise you. Uh, so, yeah. Workers of note. Uh, I have two people, and um, in in true pro-con fashion, um, when in doubt, just uh, refer back to the title sequence. <laughs> so I have uh, George K. Wood, creative director for the main title sequence, and uh, Greg Kupik, the main title designer. It's, it's very just like old Hollywood title sequence where it's just like black background, here are the titles, there's a song in the background, um... The words Harold and Kumar come up in script, and then the words one at a time, Escape from Guantanamo Bay, come up in kind of like that army stenciling, uh, you know, font. Right. Um, and then that's it. And I was like, oh, that's simple and like better than the rest of this movie. <laughs> really quick, just to, to jump to <laughs> the third movie. Um, in this movie, uh, Danny Trejo... What? Uh, Patton, Os- Patton Oswalt. What? <laughs> and RZA. What? They got RZA for this movie? Holy shit. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they, they get some, some other big names here. Jesus. Um, they meet Santa Claus. Well, of course. Um, I guess for my workers of note, I'll, I'll just... I'm, I'm breaking the rules, but I, I can't... I can't be bothered to look on the IMDb page, but like... James Adomian, he, he's great. He, he does Fair enough. He great shit. This is this is the start of his career. This is his first big role, I would say. He nails it, and uh, yeah, that's that's all. I guess Giant Show, go be Spike if if they're still making movies this year because of coronavirus. Yeah, um, I was just looking up before we started recording that. Um, so John Cho got in an accident on the set of um, of. Um, cowboy bebop live action show uh some knee injury so it was the the filming was postponed or was supposed to be postponed until may 2020 um i i don't think that's gonna happen folks so i assume that'll be postponed again (laughs) yeah we'll see we'll see i don't know we shall see we shall see uh, do you have any? Do you have any closing thoughts, Lewis? Um, <laughs> I would recommend this film to. I mean, like, listen. If you if you like stoner comedies, if you're just yeah. like a a very casual fan of comedies, then you will yeah. you will like this film. Yeah. Um, if you know during this quarantine time, if you have nothing else to do with your life, uh, you know, download this illegally and watch it. Um, or maybe yeah. you, you know, maybe it's showing on Comedy Central. I don't know. Do not buy it. Um, nope. yeah, I was trying to find it somewhere <laughs> in the wild. I will, 
Yeah, in the wild, just find just find the DVD on the ground, maybe. <laughs> um, I will say, like, if if you take a weirdo kind of pro con angle to watching shitty movies, and I'm, I'm assuming you do if you listen to the show, um, there 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 is like this perverse, perversely insightful through line of like respectability politics in terms of like minorities trying to like 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 middle class minority people trying to make it in America but like not being afforded the same indulgences that that white people are you could like you could take the angle of like how white people are are essentially have been allowed to smoke marijuana whereas not like people of color have not been able right. to um of course none of this is in the movie but like th- this movie is maybe like you could interpret it as like the, the these weird white Hollywood people writing about this, but like through characters of color, it, it th- there's stuff there if you if you want to like chew on that kind of crunchy stuff and and like like get like trying to look beneath the surface stuff of movies, but like I don't know that that's real extrapolation to my part. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. I mean, it's like you have to take your your like jeweler's glass and really look at like the uh the the grains of the of the kush uh to mm. to get that hey, for sure yeah. i don't know oh my if God. it's called they're called grains but uh sorry folks i don't read high times if we had any enterprising fans that wanted to recreate the uncut gems opening and closing <laughs> but with a bud yes <laughs> yes Now's your time to shine. Now's your time to really endear yourself to us. Please, please do, folks. Um, yeah, no, I think those things are there. And, you know, I think yeah. um, one of the more charitable reads you can have of this film is that it is pretty, like, anti-government. Um, but it's it's anti-government in the most facile, like reddit brain both sides are are equally bad way i said charitable no read i mean <laughs> kumar literally asks george w bush if if you love weed why is it still that's illegal? right yes and, and what what is adomian oh say? i don't even remember it, it's something like yeah man but like there are laws but at the end of the day we we love our country we we stand up together and we yeah. love our country. Like mm-hmm. it, it it's the it's it's bullshit anti government. It, oh like, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's like oh we we're all in this together. Like if, if if they could just stop fighting and come together and like not not be so divided and just reach across the aisle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. So the George Bush uh, scene and the actual scene in Gitmo, I think, really undermine its like anti government yeah. cred. And that's the yeah. problem because yeah. there's small scenes, but they do a lot of damage there to that messaging. Yeah. Because the rest of the film, I mean, you know, Cordry's character is a fucking Neanderthal asshole. Right. You know, right. like he's not sympathetic. He's like he's like George C. Scott in like in Strange Love. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> but like the, the douchebag idiot stoner version. Right. Of <laughs> One who literally wipes his ass with the Bill of Rights. I mean, um, so, but it doesn't matter because, no. you know, because George Bush says we're all Americans. <laughs> yep. We're all Americans and we all want to see terrorists rape each other to death. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the, the Gitmo scenes, I mean, you know, this is... it's. It, it's fucking enraged. I I call me a a two thousand eight like hippie 
lefty liberal all you want but like like that shit is fucking disgusting and enraging yeah i mean this is this is four years after the abu Ghraib, you know bombshell we learn about abu Ghraib in 2004 and yet this is still what we get in 2008 in a film that tries to have some you know ostensible anti-government cred in in it um it's just it's you know it's i think really obviously the title and the whole idea is it's just a shock value right it's like at this point there's so many stoner movies there's so so many stoner comedies what else can you add into there right so you add a little bit of politics to diversify but i mean it's 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 a kernel of 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 politics right i mean like it, there's really nothing of substance yeah um politically in this film it 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 it, it isn't politics from 2008 it's, it's news from 2008 right that's injected no exactly it really is just headlines i mean that's really yeah. it um yeah so um would i recommend this to anybody except a casual stoner uh comedy fan no i would not yeah. um if you have any interest in politics no uh you'll get nothing out of this movie at all uh yeah <laughs> O- only only in that galaxy brain reverse engineering way that we just described right um but yeah uh well you know i guess if you want to see the best part of it just google james adomian held and kumar find it it's on, on fucking it's on fucking youtube yeah, yeah. It, it's that's really that's all you need but yeah so happy 420 this is uh the best we could do <laughs> <laughs> Happy 420, folks. Uh, consume safely and responsibly, and remember that it increases your susceptibility to corona, so be mindful. Yeah, be mindful, or just keep doing it, because you have the same death drive that every uh, other American has. So, <laughs> Thank you, yes. Uh, fuck it. Um, to quote the great Bob Marley, I don't know if you know this quote, but uh, to quote the great Bob Marley, smoke weed every day. <laughs> wow. Yep. Uh, thank you, folks. Take care. Thanks, folks. Um, and I will say, um, please continue to listen to our podcast because next week we will have an absolute banger for you. And the week after that, we don't know what we're doing after that one, but the next two weeks are going to be absolute fucking bangers. We have some really yeah. good ones coming. So watch this space. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Brothers and sisters. We're going to have church tonight. And tonight, this speaker is Reverend Rufus Jackson. I wake up praising God every day. I wanna smoke some weed and throw me a J. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For letting me live another day. Hey, I'm high. Nigga, you high. Let's get hot in the motherfucking sky. Watch the butterflies hit the wall. And if you're feeling down, give your boy a call. Weed, it takes the stress away. That's why Bizarre smoke 10 blunts a day. It's nothing but the sticky, icky green stuff. Light it, pass it, and take a puff. Having a bad day? Stop by my house. Cause most likely, I got a blunt in my mouth. So sit down, relax, and chill. And if you don't smoke weed, then shit, I got some pills. What you need, girl, to fucking refill? A fat bag of weed and some Happy Meal. Nah, baby, I don't smoke new ports. Only fat bags of weed in this escort.